Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. It is Wednesday, August the 14th. And you know, I'm having a fabulous summer. I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, but I, you know, I'm really enjoying this summer. I've done so many great things and I'm just like really on a roll. I feel super balanced. Um, And I have to say, releasing my podcast every two weeks instead of weekly is such a bittersweet thing for me. On the one hand, I've been giving myself more time to spend outside and do fun summer projects and hang out with friends and new people and and all the, the best things of summer. But on the other hand, I'm not sitting here on my mic as often. So I have like a lot of things I want to say. <laughs> I have a lot of topics I want to discuss, which is really cool for my creative being and my creative self is to just kind of fester on these topics. Um, because I have to say, I freaking love this show. Yesterday, this is some quick little, not even housekeeping, but quick little insider things. Yesterday, I received a DM from a lady that I've never met, and she shared her appreciation for the show and how it's helped her, and that it filled my heart so much with the best feelings. Like, I I always kind of said to myself, if I could connect with one person and help one person or relate to one person and give them strength to change or shift that um, that's that's that would be enough that's that's all that I'm looking for and I mean it's just happening all over the place and I, I love it I love you guys I love every single one lit every single one of you listening right now you are you mean so much to me I love the show um, I love talking uh, I love sharing I actually love many podcasts too. Like I, I listen to. Does anyone else uh, listen to Mark Grove's podcast? He's uh, at Create the Love on Instagram. He's like my new favorite person in the entire world. Uh, he talks about uh, self love, love relationships. He's amazing. It's the Mark Grove's podcast. Um, to have yourself a listen, but um, I just like everyone's listening to podcasts. We're all really busy. And I just want to remind you all to please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's like the little acts of support that go such a long way for me in this endeavor. And while you're there, you can subscribe and rate the show as well. Okay, (laughs) good. So thank you very much for that. Uh, Now on to uh, the official business, the good stuff. Today's topic. So one of my fun summer projects that I've been working on is the Love Your Body Challenge. It was released to the world last week. Um, hundreds of people signed up for it, which I'm so stoked. I was like, woohoo, people are doing it. It's so great. And you can sign up anytime. You just need to go to alisaunfiltered.com forward slash love your body. You can do it anytime. You can pause this episode right now and go sign up for it. You just put your email in and I'll send you the link to a 21 page ebook that is my top five tips on how to change the way you see your body. So the love your body challenge is really five tips on how to change the way you see your body. So today's show, I want to talk about the challenge, which is free, by the way, totally 100% free. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just sharing the love. Uh, but I want to explain it in my voice on this show. So this show, I'm going to talk about what this really is. So you can get a little bit of a like different context into why I made the ebook and what it's all about. Um, instead of just reading it in your own words. So, um, before I get started, I just want to clarify one little thing in in the title. I say challenge, (sighs) which I'm not second guessing that um, top, that title. I kind of am, I guess, but the book isn't exactly a challenge. It's my top five tips on how to change the way you see your body. So I know right off the bat, I've lost a few people because they think it's going to be some sort of like difficult task or 
physically demanding challenge. It's not that whatsoever. Um, but even if you are, you know, like even if you're the type of person who was inspired by challenges, there are six different like quote unquote challenges in there that I've included. Um, but if you're not interested, you can just simply read the tips because you'll start to shift the way you see yourself just by reading the ebook. All the exercises are designed to, yeah, it should have been exercises. That's what I should have called it. The fu <laughs> love your body <laughs> exercise. <laughs> um, because they, they are designed to help you to identify and bring awareness to how you see yourself and how you feel about yourself, which to me is everything in life. So I also need to add that changing anything in life, any type of routine, job, relationship, pattern, all the way down to the classic cycle of inner dialogue in our brains, in other words, changing our thoughts, this is arguably the most difficult thing to do, okay? Change the repetitive way we think super hard but we are this is why we're in this together okay the more people that you surround yourself with and that support this change the easier it becomes okay we are all different we all have our own ways of doing things we all have our own comfort zone our own abuse tolerance okay that's the abuse tolerance i want to talk about in a future podcast um so how much, uh, how much abuse we're willing to take from others and give ourselves, okay? Because we abuse ourselves as well. Um, and we all identify with different things in life. So I believe that these three things, so the comfort zone, the abuse tolerance, and what we identify with are the most popular when it comes to our repetitive thinking. So our thoughts sort of stem from those three things, okay? That's sort of my conclusion of the repetitive way we think. <laughs> so I realize that many people are wondering, what the hell, what the hell am I even saying? What is this repetitive thinking thing she's talking about? <clears throat> well, what I've learned and what I've been continuously studying over the past, like, I don't know, six years or so, is the conditioning of the mind. It's how we believe we are. It's who we believe we are. It's how we've been conditioned from the world, from society to think and behave. Now, I've specifically been studying my own conditioning through the process of bringing more awareness into my life. Um, what is my conditioning? I also call it the program. Okay, it's the way I think and behave. Um, and I've been studying books, philosophies, society, behavior patterns, but most importantly, what I've been studying is myself. That is the most important thing. I'm studying myself and why the heck I am the way I am. And that is what I'm sharing with you, okay? So in order for me to truly understand this, I needed to work on my awareness level, like I just said. I talk about this almost every show because awareness or becoming the non-judgmental observer of your life, having space, creating space to, to pay attention in your life is the key to opening the door of why you are the way you are, why I am the way I am. Now, it also takes a certain willingness to participate as the observer, okay? <laughs> because what happens is we have these wake-up calls in life. We've all felt them. We've all you know, experienced this for even even a split second where you see so clearly, right? We've all had these moments, but then the ego, the conditioning, the program, whatever you want to call it, takes over and there's no defined line of where the inner awakened self begins and the in the ego or the conditioning continues. So when does the, sp the switch happen? What triggers the regular scheduled programming to just go in the brain? The regular repetitive day-to-day -day thoughts, the pattern of thinking. So awareness or the observer is the one watching this happening, okay? 
it's the part of us inside that is watching. And honestly, it doesn't matter what level of awareness you have. It doesn't matter if if you observe yourself without judgment, remember, for five seconds or five hours or five straight days. Like, amen if you can do that. But wow, like there's no right or wrong. The second we judge or we have feelings of inferiority or superiority about our observations, we're back we're back asleep. We're unaware. This is the conditioning, the ego. So when we are, when we think about our thoughts, this is the ego. Does that make sense? Awareness is just that space. It's the ability to put space between who we are, the energy, the life force of us, and our thoughts, our brain, our conditioning. Make sense? So what matters is that we, you, have the willingness to continue to bring attention to the way you're thinking and watch your thoughts. Watch your ego. The ego is tricky. It's a tyrant of the mind and will always try to justify what you are doing. So how do we evolve out of the conditioning? Okay, that is what this ebook is all about. Okay, so let's begin with my five tips. The first tip, I'm just going to explain them all here, I think is the easiest way. And like, I may or may not read directly from the ebook. Uh, I think one of the one of the later tips I might because it's, um, it's just it's really well written. (laughs) I wrote, (laughs) I wrote it really good. I don't think I could say it better. (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, so these are kind of, I called it the love your body challenge because I, I, I feel as though we don't respect ourselves very much as a human race these days in our culture and uh, our body, we only have one body and we, and it's just the way that it makes sense to me to love and honor the vessel in which I'm living in and that our minds are our body, our spirit is our body, our body is our body. Okay, we're all sort of like, it's all encompassing. We, human beings, that's kind of why it's called the love your body challenge. Okay, I'm blabbing. Let's go. Move on. Moving on. Number one is understanding your love foundation. So what is a love foundation? Simply put, it's how you learned to love. Okay, how you learn to love. This includes loving yourself, loving others, loving things, all the behaviors, habits, actions, and words you've attached meaning to when it comes to love. So understanding your love foundation can be the trickiest element within the challenge as our ego is conditioned to manipulate you into thinking you love, love, love everything and everyone, including yourself. So what happened to me when someone asked, um, do you love yourself? Of course, I would say, yes, of course I do. Because the the image that I, if I didn't love myself, what would people think of who I am? So I would essentially be lying because honestly, for almost my entire young adult life, I pretended to love myself. That's hard to admit, okay? Well, it's actually not hard anymore because I'm, I, I'm, in a space where I can hold and honor the past, okay? But it's it was at the time hard to sort of like bring to the surface. I I don't actually love myself. Looking back on the behaviors in which I treated myself, like those were not loving. So when you, <clears throat> when you start to break things down and bring some awareness to this topic and ask the right questions, you start to discover that there is in fact deep pain and I wrote this down in the ebook there's hurt there's fear and conditions attached to your meaning of the word love these are there are some fear based emotions attached to what I believe was love so I think in the past I've talked about that there are two main um, emotions in life that every feeling stems from The first one's love and the second one is fear. So it's love versus fear all the time within our lives. Every feeling comes from love or every feeling comes from fear. It's the yin and the yang effect. So what does love look like to you? To me, it looks 
like calmness. It looks like peace, drama-free. It's freedom. It's balanced. It's um, w- w- at, it's one with the universe. It is one with myself. It is fulfillment, contentment, these types of words. This is what love looks like to me. Okay? What are loving actions? Uh, loving actions include things like kind words, respect, okay, communication, communicating, speaking your mind, being true to yourself, true to yourself. That is a loving action. Hugs, kisses, uh, well, I should say positive hugs and positive kisses because sometimes those types of actions are not loving, okay? Uh, Positive dialogue, speaking your truth, like I said, eating healthy food, exercising, moving, making your heart race a little bit. That's a loving action to me. Sharing, helping, serving, okay? Laughing, laughing out loud, laughing in my mind, seeing something, sharing that laughter, sharing it is a loving action. Giving space to myself, giving space to others, giving space to others to, to let them be who they are and respecting other people's limits and their lives. That is a loving action. Meditation. Okay, do you see where I'm going with this? These are loving actions that I never actually took time to like sit down and think about and like reflect on, um, which is really interesting because then, then the next questions we need to ask ourselves is what does self-love look like to you? So if love looks like calm, peace, drama-free, freedom, balance, contentment, fulfillment, what does self-love look like? It's the exact same thing. So I always interpreted love as what I'm giving someone else or what I'm pretending to feel for someone else or, or show people who I am. That's what I thought love was. Okay, it's, it's, it's starting, this is where we're shifting here. This is where I'm shifting out of that. Okay, it is not what other people think. Self-love is how you treat yourself. So if love is peace and calm and drama-free, why is my brain continuously looping in this disastrous self-loathing self-talk, pressure, expectation, conditions, all of these things? And I was like, what the, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, I, uh, this, this is not what self-love looks like. Okay. What is, what is a self-loving action? Okay. So if kind words, respect, uh, laughing, space, meditation, eating healthy, then why am I shoving my face with, uh, poison <laughs> in all areas of my life? Okay. Th- that's not a self-love action. So when we, when I was starting to piece these things together, what is love and how am I loving myself? There was a massive disconnect. So it's a really, these are, it's, it's really interesting to have a look when we're understanding our love foundation. Do, uh, do you practice these things? Do you practice self-loving actions? What does that look like for you? So every relationship is built on some sort of foundation. For example, uh, some uh, love foundations are happiness, trust. You know, relationships are built on trust. They're built on guilt, obligation. You have to be with this person. You have to be friends with this person. Um, Conditions. Uh, I will love you if you you are this way. Or I will stay with you or treat you well or love you if. Okay, those are conditions. Expectations. Uh, Trauma. Some relationships are built on trauma or force, right? All of which are most prevalently demonstrated or taught by our caretakers at a very young age. So we have learned um, what our love foundation is primarily from our caretakers. Okay, for me, my caretakers were my parents. Uh, They were my grandparents. uh, Some of my mom's very close friends, my school teachers. Um, Just to give a few examples. um, But... And, you know, most of us don't even, we have no idea that this is even a thing. But when you start to peel through the layers of self-love, you'll start to discover the programming in which your foundation was built. 
Mine, for example, was based on the tradition and views of the Catholic Church. Okay, we went to church every Sunday. And uh, there's no, like, I'm not bashing any religion or religious views. I respect everyone's point of view. Um, but there was a lot of stress around my, my church experience <clears throat> and how I was taught these traditions. I, my love foundation was also based on witnessing my parents' relationship and how they loved each other. And I started to define uh, how a man should treat a woman, what's acceptable behavior for two people who love each other, how a man should treat a woman, how a woman should treat a man, and how both of my parents and my family behaved after their divorce. Okay, predominantly, I learned that love meant the following. Abandonment, sacrifice, and prove yourself, prove your worthiness. So what does any of this have to do with our body? Well, our love foundation doesn't just affect our relationship to others, it affects first and foremost, our relationship to ourselves. Yes, we are in a relationship with ourselves. Yes, we are in a relationship with our body. The only difference between all of these relationships is that we cannot walk away from ourselves. I've talked about this before. We cannot break up with ourselves. We can't divorce ourselves. We can't move away from ourselves. We are us, okay? This is it. You have been given the opportunity and the blessing to live in the body that you have and you have experienced what you have experienced for a reason, okay? So, how we love our body is a direct reflection of our love foundation. What is underneath all the layers? What have we built our life's belief of love on? Do we disrespect it? Do we punish it, numb it, abuse it, take it for granted? Or do we love and nurture and respect and hold it in the highest regard every single day? Or is it somewhere like in the middle? Like I would say for me, I'm right in the middle. A lot of people believe or see what I do all of the time and on Instagram and they're like, wow, you work out so much, wow, you eat really healthy, wow, you're doing all these things that you love. Yes, 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 this is living to me. However, I would put myself sort of in the middle because I fall back into, you know, that default setting of my foundation. Yes, I'm changing my foundation one day at a time and I'm always doing my best to nurture and respect and hold my body in the highest regard every single day, but it's a process. So focusing on your beliefs, on love, and where it came from allows you to reevaluate, let's just say, and evolve. Think, like I said, of your love foundation as a default setting. So the behavior that you fall back to when you're unconscious or asleep or in the mind of the ego, and that's what happens to me. I fall asleep, often I'm triggered, I'm pulled back into the default setting, and then I like catch myself, you know, slacking off or making poor decisions, um, etc. So the love foundation is, yeah, what's a good word? I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this right out of the challenge. The love foundation is the base of your resistance to change. It's the program from which you judge others and how they love the place inside of you that holds onto the hurt and pain from the past and where you self-sabotage, self-loathe, and deny yourself the best things in life. Okay, becoming aware of your personal love foundation is the key to change. We have a choice and we choose to change what we have learned about love from our past in order to shape how we feel about ourselves in this moment. It's not how we change the future, okay? The work all happens right now, in this moment. It's not some future moment. It is right now. <laughs> okay, so remember, becoming aware is not to judge or victimize our beliefs. It is to simply observe. 
Awareness is the observer. It's the non-judgmental observer of all things. I'm going to say this 400 times in this podcast, okay? Awareness is the space between the thought or belief of who we truly are. And we become more and more aware of our love. Let me rephrase. As we become more and more aware of our love foundation, we can create more and more space between the programming of old and how we want to shape and define this word, the word love, today. So the challenge has exercises for you to complete to help you identify what your love foundation is. I told you what mine was and why it is that way. But then moving into tip number two, you can start to see the point of these exercises. So as the challenge or as the ebook rolls on, they all sort of like move and work together. Okay. And you can you can start to see uh, where how everything sort of unfolds and how understanding how and why we love the way we do is affecting us today. So tip number two is <clears throat> observing your attachment to the story. What is your story? We all have a story. It's a script that plays over and over inside your mind every single day. It's the experiences, the things, and the program that we identify with. The story, for the most part, is who we believe ourselves to be. It's the accumulation of all the experiences we have agreed matter in our lives. We have agreed matter in our lives and what we hold on to, whether it's a positive or negative. Sometimes we really feel like the negative things, the trauma that has happened matters in our lives. So we hold on to it. Okay. It's the first thing we want to share with people when we meet. It's also our deepest, darkest secrets that we don't want to tell anyone, but we hold them very close. Okay. The story is the justification for why we are the way we are. It's all about labels. It's how we define ourselves with labels. It's the labels we identify with. My favorite definition of the story is is that it is our ego fighting for a place in the world. In other words, it is the story of our ego, okay? So the story begins with, quote unquote, I am. So when you hear yourself saying, I am something, a label, a, a, an experience, that is your story. I am, okay? And as many of you know, for me, the I am, uh, like I struggled with my weight for years and years. And I talk about it in more detail in the ebook, but in a nutshell, I've suffered from trauma and depression and emotional abuse from others, including myself, okay? Um, the abuse tolerance. <laughs> um, and I, and I, and I, I learned to turn to food and alcohol to numb my pain, okay? That's how I got through the trauma, that's how I got through everything. However, I still became identified to the, the failures in my life. And I attached myself to the label of failure, unworthy, and <clears throat> I don't know, I'll just add one of the bajillion words, fat pig. Okay, so I'd repeat unconsciously, of course, I'd repeat these things in my, my brain. I am a failure. I am unworthy. I am a fat pig. Okay. This, in my mind, was classified and justified as quote-unquote normal behavior because, because of what I had done and what I had experienced in the past, I believed that this is who I am today, okay? And that I am those things. And I brought those labels forward into every new experience. So I'd bring them into the now and I'd relive that feeling. I'd, I'd, do, do you get that? Is anyone, is everyone with me here? Have you, have you ever had that sense that you walk into a room and I don't know if you are a failure, that you already are a failure when you come into that space, no one even knows who you are. So it's bringing everything forward and then I'd have to tell my story uh, maybe, maybe not at first, but once people were open enough and I trusted them enough, I'd blab it all out. Okay. <laughs> um, so 
I don't know, the story can also be called our baggage. I'm sure you guys have all heard this when you meet someone new or you see you're, you're getting into a new relationship. That term is used a lot in new relationships where someone has baggage. <laughs> uh, the story is who we believe we are. We talk about our baggage as if it's normal. However, our baggage, in my opinion, is simply the justification to stay stuck in our lives. It holds us back. Um, we are, we are not what happened to us. We are not who our parents or caretakers are, nor what they have told us that we are, okay? I believe now in rewriting my story that I am love. We are love, 100% pure love. We have just simply forgotten this because of we what we have agreed to believe as we are conditioned, okay? We as humans are conditioned to believe that we are the labels assigned to us. Everyone's different. Um, and and then and then we battle all the conditions and expectations around those labels. So we, we identify with labels and then we are conditioned to believe that without them, we are lost. This is part of the ebook, the purpose of looking inward and how we are defining ourselves, aka the labels, is the start to bringing some awareness to how we've been conditioned to behave according to the set of rules we have learned around those labels. For example, if you define yourself as a husband or wife, what are the requirements that you live by in order to fulfill that label? Is this who you are, a wife? Or is it simply a function of loving or having a connection to another person? Okay, what are your wife duties? What are your husband duties, your requirements? It's an interesting way to think about it, okay? So this is this is um, identification to a label. So when we are identified to our labels and we see them as who we actually are, we play a role in life. This label becomes a role, okay? Um, when we detach ourselves from the label, so we see them as a function in our life, the function of being a wife or a husband, we live our authentic self, okay? It's not a role. We see it as a function, okay? I've used this in the past, I think, in my five-day awareness challenge about mother, the label mother. Um, your expectation um, of being a mother and a good mother and um, picking the right shoes and socks and school and all of that type of thing, that's um, playing the role. Whereas the function is the caretaking. You know, mother means to caretake, to nurture, to, to breed a healthy human being, right? So there is a difference there, but we become identified to mother and all of the baggage that that word carries. Um, so it's in our human nature and domestication that we attach ourselves to the labels. And in many ways, it gives us meaning and purpose, right? So labels aren't bad. Identifying with them is not right or wrong. However, it's important to understand how they control us, cause stress and inner turmoil. So what happens if we are no if these labels no longer are applied to you? What's left? Understanding what your story is and how it controls you in is the first step to changing it, okay? Just observing that, how you are being controlled by the labels is the first step to changing it. But how do we change something that we don't know exists? <laughs> okay, I remember I used to work with this spectacular athlete. Her name is Heidi, and we actually recorded a podcast together last year about her extremely unfortunate accent. So Heidi was on the Alberta Freestyle Ski Team. I coached her for several years and she had a traumatic brain injury and it catapulted her life into a very different direction. So one day, like we, since her retirement from sport and my retirement from coaching, we, we continuously connect. So one day we had this conversation, we were talking on the phone um, about what life would be like if she stopped talking about the brain injury 
and we, like I said, we were on the phone and, 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 and she was telling me how hard it was to have to update everyone and tell her story over and over and the pressure she felt because she wasn't getting better faster or, you know, people were just feeling bad for her and she feeling pity and she didn't want that. Or at least that's what she said she didn't want. Um, so I said, Heidi, I have a challenge for you. For the next three months, I put a timeline on it. I don't know why. I just said for the next three months, stop telling the story. When people ask about it, say, thank you for asking. I'm working on it and I don't wish to discuss this anymore. And then see how that feels in your body. That's what I told her. See how it feels in your body to not dive in to the story immediately. Now, after I said this, there was like dead silence on the other end of the line. Okay. Nothing. I was like, are you there? <laughs> in, in many ways, detaching from this, she immediately became afraid. Why? Because she was identified to the story. And eventually I heard this little voice saying like, okay, like, oh, well, if I don't say my story, who am I? Okay. Because at this point, she had been living with this uh, recovery for, I don't know, like two or three years. She'd been in recovery. Um, and it has now become who she is. So not saying it, even though she hated it and it made her feel afraid and lost, you know, um, not saying it detaches herself. She, she realized that, that she had identified to this, to this trauma in her life. Um, and this is why changing the story is challenging because without the labels, who are we without the story and how we define who we are, who are we? For me, my story was all about failure and unworthiness, um, missing the Olympics, uh, getting fat, marrying an abusive man. Um, or I shouldn't say that being in an abusive relationship. Let me rephrase. I have been able to detach myself from the story and yes, I still tell it mainly for the purpose of teaching because yes, I have a ton of compassion for the stories of others. I hear you. I hear what you say. I know where you're coming from. We are all the same. However, my story does not have control over me as it once did. I have no emotional consequence in telling it. So I don't look for pity or attention or positive reinforcement when telling it as I once did because I once defined myself by the past, okay? Detaching from the story is also a form of forgiveness. Um, it is letting go of the label. So forgiving, we need, a, uh, there is a sense of forgiveness here when we, when we let go of a label and or redefine the label. Detaching, however, doesn't mean forgetting. It means letting go of the identification to self. This can only be done through observation and creating space between the belief and the self. What fills the space is compassion and love and we begin to rewrite the story. So, so, Observing your attachment to the story, it's a big thing. Understanding what your story is and how attached you are to that, how you are identified to that. Um, number three, the third tip, tip number three, is self, your self-love practice. So I'm going to say this once, I'll probably say it 500 bajillion more times in the course of my life, but the only thing that matters is our self-love practice. Okay. The only thing that matters is our self-love practice. This is the only thing. I love this part of the challenge because it's when you can really start to participate in your life in a positive way. Showing up for yourself. How do you show up for yourself? It's not how other people show up for you and make you feel good. Okay. No. It's about how you are showing up for yourself. I was actually speaking with a friend of mine. Um, his name is Julian DeShutter. We did a podcast also last year, I think, maybe even two years ago now. Anyways, we were talking last night about this book that I'm reading right now. It's called Evolve Your Brain. It's by Joe Dispenza. Evolve Your Brain. 
Joe Dispenza is a fabulous man with like an unbelievable perspective on life. A crazy story. He's like magical. And the book is about the science of changing your mind. It is fucking awesome. It is, it's just a fucking amazing book. Two F-bombs right there. It is so good. Go out and get it. It's called Evolve Your Brain by Joe Dispenza. Anyways, I was texting with Julian and he asked me, how I was doing and I wrote and I quote at the moment I honestly can't remember a time where I felt better I feel extremely balanced and grateful and happy working hard on myself and on my relationship to myself and it felt really good to write that and I I like pressed sent I was like this is this is so this is such a good feeling like I am in a really great place right now and he wrote back that is everything And I sat there and I stared at my phone at those words. That is everything. And it was just like an aha moment for me because my relationship to myself is everything. It's the only thing that matters. We forget that. This is not dialogue that we hear very often or ever. Like I, 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 there are very few people in the world that, that, acknowledge that the way we treat ourselves and our relationship to who we are is everything okay and my for my almost my entire young adult life my love foundation and my story of failure and unworthiness guided me to believe that the way everyone else felt was more important to the way I feel but then I woke up I had this awakening and I realized that this is bullshit It's complete fucking bullshit. Oh my God, I keep swearing. Mom, I'm sorry. I am not responsible for the way other people feel. I'm not responsible for the way they think, how they behave. It is not my responsibility ever. And I'm not taking responsibility for that shit any longer. I am not responsible for the way you feel. I am only responsible for myself, for the way I feel, okay? So when we look at how we practice self-love, okay, back to the tip, uh, our, uh, evaluating our self-love practice, it's important to bring some awareness to the love void that lives within and how we are trying to fill it, okay? Is your practice of self-love serving you and healing your void? <laughs> or does it only fill the void for a moment, for momentary pleasure? There's a big difference here in filling your own cup or having someone fill it for you for a second or two or a month or a year and then it's ripped away, right? So through our human conditioning, we have forgotten that the power is within us to fill our own cup. (laughs) This is why I'm constantly, like this is why we're constantly looking for outside validation and attention from others. So what, and, and love from others, right? Give me, give me, give me, give me, fill my cup. I personally also turned to food and alcohol and even sex, even sex. I have used sex, I'm admitting it, to fill the void, love me, have sex with me, make me feel good about myself because I don't want to be responsible for that. I want you to carry me, to take care of me, okay? That's where my brain went with this, but no, the power is within me to, to, to practice the self-love with myself. So it's important to bring some awareness to how today's culture has also commercialized self-love and self-loving actions. We're like marketed by products. I talk about this on my Instagram quite often, I think. And we're sold lies that things can make us happy and... Things can help us love ourselves more. But this is also a lie, okay? I, I mean, it is nice to have things and surround ourselves with, with um, I don't know, things that serve us. Because that, that is what it's all about, right? Like, However, what I'm saying is that you don't need to spend money to have self-love, okay? To practice self-love, I feel like it comprises of three things. I read this in the ebook. Healing, forgiveness, and compassion. Those three things are free. Those three things are free. Healing, forgiving, and compassion. 
creating a self-love practice does not require you to spend money or change your appearance or numb yourself, ingest alcohol, drugs, or food. Self-love is a spiritual practice. It's more on the spiritual side. I know that word scares people sometimes, spirituality, but it is sacred, okay? And it has been going on for thousands of years. The concept is not new. It's just been forgotten and replaced with this false illusion of love. Love is not a fantasy. It is not changing our physical self. It's not, it, it, it like, love is a real thing that the world is teaching us to forget and we we are supplementing with all of this exterior vanity um, and it's really interesting I do it too I'm not saying I don't put mascara on in the morning because I do I brush my hair I like to highlight my hair uh, um, and and I like to wear nice clothing this is part of my self-love practice in a way um, of how I treat myself and carry myself and hold myself that that's not really what I'm talking about. It's it is it is part of it, but it's it's recognizing that um, we have the power to fill our own cup through our decisions, through our thoughts, and and our loving actions. How we are practicing these actions on ourselves. So my love practice is based on my five pillars. I have like four to five pillars. Um, I have five pillars. <laughs> I want to talk about this. I don't talk about this at all in the ebook. Um, but I want to, I'm actually creating a, a, um, a webinar and it's going to be about a lot about the pillars and I'm going to explain this a lot more. Uh, but I think it's important to add here. So my self love pillars, which I created all by myself and you can create your own all by yourself as well. It's what, it's kind of what I value most in life. Um, and you know, th these, this is evolving. I mean, I, as I keep working on myself, I might change them. You know, it's a free world here. I don't, I can change my pillars whenever the heck I want, <laughs> or I can add new ones, whatever. So here they are. My pillars are in no particular order, sleep, exercise, food, sex, and positive companionship or relationships. Okay. So positive relationship. So none of these things require money well i guess they do in a sense like if you have to buy food but they are all sort of like action words and i practice these things continuously sleep is a huge value to me i you know i, I sleep on a cloud i have um i set up my bedroom in a way that enables me to sleep peacefully um i I value eight hours of sleep. If I don't get eight hours of sleep, I'm not the best version of myself. I recognize that. And you know, there are times, and I've talked about this before, where I like, yeah, okay, so one night I'll sleep six hours or five hours a couple days in a row, but that's not my continual behavior. I put myself in the position to catch up on that sleep. I make choices in my life so that I sleep. It's super important. That's why, well, I, I think sleep is probably my number one. Um, for me, it's, it's very valuable. I need my sleep. Okay. Exercise, uh, is, is big for me. I, I need to move it. It is a loving action. It is something that I do to honor my body. My body needs to move. The fluid needs to move. The, my muscles need movement. So do my joints. So does my brain, my heart, food. I'm a conscious eater. This has evolved over several years. Now, I'm going to say in 2010 was when, you know, my aha moment um, really became predominant and I started to understand what how food affects my mood, how food affects my body, and what unloving behavior, um, what unloving eating looks like. Okay, so I pay attention to that. Sex, um... I enjoy it. It's valuable to me. Yes, I have gone uh, uh, several years without having sex. Is Was it the end of the world? Absolutely not. But it did test me in some interesting ways. 
um, there's, there's having sex, um, and then there's having good quality, emotionally connected, lovemaking sex. Um, and that's kind of where, that's where this pillar falls under is having, um, a healthy sex life. And it's not necessarily just with another person. Uh, I'm going to say this out loud. Oh my God, mom, just stop listening. Um, everyone that knows me personally, stop listening to uh, the, the, the way I have sex with myself is also really important in my relationship. So when I was not in relationship, remember I like, I've been quote unquote single for three years, <laughs> a longish time. So I needed to continue to support this pillar in my own life. So I have to make good quality decisions for myself. I think you guys know what I mean. I'm going to stop talking about it and move on to positive companionship. So my relationships, my friends, who, uh, how does my self-love practice? What does it look like when it comes to positive companionship? What family members do I hang out with, love, pay attention to, those types of things. Like um, my relationships to my friends, what does that look like? How is it affecting me? How, wh what, I, I understand through this that I am 50%, I'm responsible for half of these relationships, okay? Others can show up or they can't, or they don't, or they won't, or they have their own shit going on in their lives. So I show up, okay? I put 50% in to the relationship. If others choose to not put in 50%, then I also have a choice. Is this relationship still of value to me? Is this a loving relationship? Is it serving me? Yes or no? I get to choose, guess what? We're adults, we're all adults, okay? so. <clears throat> with these pillars, you know, I wake up, I give myself space and time to meditate, like even five minutes on my mat in the morning, just five minutes of stilling my mind. I give myself compliments. I love my body in the shower. I talk about this in my five, um, five day awareness challenge, you know, how I'm grateful for my body every single day. I say, Elisa, I love you every single day. I give myself hugs these are loving actions. Yes, it might seem silly at first, but I'm hugging myself right now. Wherever you guys are, just hug yourself. Put your arms around yourself. Mm, it feels so good. Like, take a breath. <sighs> just giving yourself breath. Oh my God. See? Oh, don't you feel good? I feel so good. <laughs> like, my self-love practice has also helped me to pay attention, like I said, to people and or situations in life that allow me to think and act like a victim. Hmm, interesting. Or allow me to think and act like a judge or a gossip queen. It helps me to pay attention to my behavior around certain people and then further to question, is this behavior serving me? Get it? So as you practice more and more, you start to become aware of who you're surrounding yourself with and what you're doing with your time. Like time is valuable, man. Like, are you, are you, are you being kind and loving or are you not? Like, it's pretty, it's pretty black and white in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Like, is your time serving you? Like, what's the purpose? What's the freaking point? Is your behavior loving or is your behavior, behavior simply what you've always done? Are you in the frickin' routine? Are you in the conditioning, the programming? So the ebook goes into that a lot more detail on how to practice self-love in your life and like establish a, a self-love routine. It helps you to identify what behaviors are serving you. Just so you know, I'm gonna move on. This is taking a lot longer than I thought. Holy crap. Number four, pay attention, awareness. So being aware and having awareness requires a certain level of consciousness. I talk about this all the time. I've already mentioned a million things about it in this podcast. Um, I also like to call awareness being awake. Okay. Let's just call it awake versus asleep. So by asleep, I don't mean you're sleeping like at night in bed. 
um, our eyes can be completely open and we can be going about our day and still be asleep because we have no idea that we're living in our conditioning. In other words, we are not conscious of our behavior. We just do what we always do. We act and react like we always act and react behaviors, right? So um, before I practiced awareness, I was asleep just like many people out there today. And I was unconscious. I just lived my life under the assumption that everything I knew was the way it was. Okay. I'm right. And I'm justified in my thinking. And I believed that everyone thought the same way I did. And if you didn't, if they didn't, they were wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. Most of humanity is asleep. Like I said, however, I believe that there is a big shift happening and people are waking up. So we're starting to see that we are not alone in our thinking and that even if like there is, there's a different way and that we are controlled by our domestication and our environment. Take you, for example, you are listening with this certain curiosity and willingness because you are shifting. It's already happening. You are experiencing an awakening to some level. So give yourself credit. Let's give yourself a hug again. Okay. I'm going to hug myself right now. So, Asleep versus awake. When you are asleep, you think, I'm a victim. Awake, you think, this is happening to teach me. See this? this the, I have some examples of this in the ebook. They're good. Uh, a person who's asleep has wishful thinking. How often do we sit there wishing things were different or wishing you had done something differently or whatever? When you are awake, you have clear, precise vision. It's clear. Everything is clear. You know what you know. <laughs> okay. When you're asleep, what do you get? What do you get when you're asleep? You get a repeated cycle of abuse. Uh, you get a life without fulfillment. You get overwhelmed. You get anxious. It's feelings of uneasiness. When you are awake, you get a life of healing, purpose, a sense of fulfillment, contentment, joy, compassion. Get it? Okay, asleep versus awake. This ebook takes you into a deep dive of emotional awareness. And it, it's possible that as you go through the various challenges that you won't have the answers right now in this moment. That is also perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> it took me like years to get some of the answers, okay? Like seriously, years. Uh, and and that's, there. there's no... Uh, there's no rush here at all. When you're ready to see the answers, you will, and they will be clear. The more you wake up, the more clear those answers become. Um, and then, and then the more you practice awareness of thought and awareness of your beliefs and being aware in your day-to-day -day life in the regular moments, this is when clarity will prevail. You may also begin to observe that your past routine and behaviors are no longer serving you anymore. So this is also completely normal. The more awake you become, the more self-love will fill your void. You'll start filling your own cup. The healing begins, right? And as we heal, we no longer need to hold on to the people and the things that were once so important to us. And we start to change and shift into a higher vibration of living. And we may start to notice toxic people in our lives. Like all of a sudden, oh, well, that person was mean. Oh, well, I didn't like that. Uh, and you start to sort of get the sense of what toxic environments we have been living in and how our decisions um, will begin to lead us away from that, which, and lead us away from what no longer serves us. And this is where we have to remember that we have a choice. We get to choose how we live our lives. We are responsible for the way we feel 100% of the time. Okay, so the last one is the power of no. So I am literally going to read this section directly from the book because, like I said before, I can't say it better myself right now. The power of no. The most important lesson I have learned was the power of no. For me, it was the most important because saying no taught me that I am in control of my life. Okay, it taught me that saying yes to everyone or not saying anything at all was indeed the world making my decisions for me. The people pleaser in you will try and talk you out of this notion. Trust me, I'm a people pleaser myself. However, I have shifted my efforts into pleasing myself. I practice showing up for myself in all areas, work, play, relationships, diet, exercise, sleep, and rest. 
This has required me to say no many, many, many times. Saying no to what to that which does not serve me is not selfish. It is what I like to call self-full. I'm fulfilling my needs so that I can fill my own cup. It is only when my cup is full and overflowing that I can share this love with true authenticity, passion, and inspiration with others. Remember, the only thing that matters is our self-love practice. Saying no to that which does not serve us is practicing self-love. It is also building confidence and showing you that you have the power to steer your life in the direction of your choosing. Being self-full is respecting yourself. It is loving yourself. It is practicing self-love rituals and, uh, and connecting to your body and spirit. The more self-full you become, the easier no becomes. Interesting. The more you practice the power of no, the more self-full you become is a beautiful cycle. When it comes to your body, it's important to pay attention to what is true, what it is truly saying. Our body speaks a language that many of us don't understand. However, there are a few seemingly obvious signs we often ignore. When our body talks, do we listen? What decisions do we make for ourselves when we are tired, when we feel social pressure, when someone serves us food we know does not serve us, when we are emotional, when we lack motivation, our instincts are showing us the way. Okay, interesting. How, how are we making, what decisions are we making for ourselves when our instincts are showing us the way? We have a gut feeling when we don't give a shit, okay? We know it's bad for us, but we want to do it anyways. The power of no serves us in so many ways, not just the health and wellness of our bodies, but also in life, in our relationships, and in discovering what truly matters. If you know something is not right for you, then why do it? When you practice no, you will see that you are 100% okay. (laughs) You will then begin to feel the power behind your positive decision making and and that you are always in control no matter what. We are 100% responsible for our actions. Nobody is forcing us to do anything. Nothing is making us feel a certain way. Nobody is responsible for our decisions but us. This is the power within. It is time to start exercising it. Saying no in this fashion is speaking your truth. You are being true to yourself and this will strengthen and build your new and improved love foundation. Ah! That was good. That was really good. Yay. Okay, so final thoughts. If you haven't noticed, I didn't really talk this whole time about diet and exercise. I didn't really talk about food. I didn't really talk about the classic ways to motivate yourself to live healthy, right? However, these tips, those five things, will help you with your body image, weight loss, if that's what you'd like to do, your fitness level, your self-worth, and your confidence. How? Because the more you love your body and who you are, the more willing you will be to treat it with love and respect, to treat yourself with love and respect. Exercising, eating well, giving your body rest, space, and time is loving behavior. And you'll start to notice like even when you choose exercises, it's exercises that fulfill you. It's movement that makes you feel good. It's not like, hey, I'm going to go pound myself at the gym or, I don't know, run a Iron Man or whatever. That might not serve you. Maybe it's walking. Maybe it's having more sex. I don't know. Exercise that you love and that feels good. You'll start like as you practice that, like even the eating well thing. Yes, diet is a big deal. Okay. But you might start understanding that certain foods aren't good. They don't, you don't feel good after eating them. You'll make the connection and you'll start to understand the negative effects of emotional eating and lack of exercise. And you'll begin to honor what you put into your body. You'll start to change the way you speak to yourself and give yourself the love and respect that you deserve. Okay? You only have one body, people. You only have one body. And guess what? It's loyal to you. It is working hard for you. It is there for you. It's time to return the love. You're waking up, right? 
and the time is now. You only have this moment right now to make a change. What does that change look like? Okay, I think that's all for today. So after all of that, if you want to take the challenge, do it. Read more about this and work through the exercises. You can download it for free by going to elisaunfiltered.com forward slash love your body. I'm excited for more and more people to start to honor themselves and shift into this more conscious way of living. This is living. (laughs) This is living. If you haven't done so already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and leave a review for this podcast. I hope you all have a fabulous day. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.